Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Financial Coaches Podcast. We are so excited to be here with you today and to address a question that came in from one of our listeners. So Tim from Florida is asking us a little bit about how to help couples communicate in the coaching process. And so I'm actually going to turn it over to Cody. And Cody, I'd like you to read the actual question from Tim, if you would, so that our listeners can know what he's actually looking for. Sure. So Tim actually reached out to me and I don't have it in writing because we talked on the phone. Okay. Um, he was someone who uh, was a listener of the, of the podcast and reached out to me on Instagram and um, just said, Hey, like, I just want to hop on the, hop on a call and connect and learn a little bit about you and have you learned a little bit about me. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's Love do it. it. Yeah. So uh, we talked and we had a great conversation about several different things. Um, but one of the things that he said that he wanted us to potentially talk about, so here you go, Tim, we're talking mm-hmm. about it, um, <laughs> is just how to help couples um, that are clients uh, just kind of get on the same page and communicate a little bit better, you know, because I'm, I'm sure that, you know, anyone who has, uh, who coaches married couples comes across a couple every now and then that maybe isn't on the same page as far as like what their goals are or what they want or, you know, even how they interact with each other. Um, mm-hmm. And that can cause a lot of tension and a lot yep. of rip and a lot of bumps and all that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today is just awesome. how to kind of smooth things through and, and move forward. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things I actually joke with some of my clients and and I try to put them at ease because when you have these communication problems, not only does it cause the bumps and such, but oftentimes it causes resentment. That tension that builds is so like you could cut it with a knife. And so I'm like, okay, how do we kind of just smooth things over a little bit. And so I like to just kind of joke around with them. And one of the things that I joke around with them about is that sometimes not only are my my clients not on the same page, sometimes they're not even the same library. So we talk about how we want to get, let's first get into the same library, right? Then we can get into the same aisle and then we can get maybe into the same book, maybe the same chapter and then on the same page so that they understand a they're not the first couple to not be able to communicate very well that aren't on the same page. And B, that helps break it down so they realize that this is not going to all happen in one session. It's going to be incremental and there is hope for them. So, uh, so yeah, let's go ahead and jump into what are some of the things that we can do as coaches for our clients to help them communicate better. First, can we talk a little bit about why that's even important? I mean, I know we just talked broadly about, you know, the, the fact that it could be very, um, tense between the couple, but when you're dealing with your clients, Cody, what are some of the reasons that you're like, okay, we're not even going to talk about the money yet. We really need to talk about communication first. Yeah. Um, well you had mentioned that it, it, it brings some like resentment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's like a hundred percent true. Uh, not only to just like the whole coaching program and like making progress, like, you know, because that will bring resentment towards, towards the coaching program. You know, if Mm -hmm. if they show up and they're like, I really don't want to do this because every time we do this, there's tension and we turn into a fight. And after the call, you know, one person's like, why don't we do this? And the other person's like, well, I don't think we should because I think it's stupid. And like all this kind of stuff 
So it brings a lot of resentment to the coaching program. Great point. But even more importantly, it brings a lot of resentment to each other. Mm-hmm. And that's way more important than any program, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's like a huge, a huge reason, first and foremost. Um, but even if we were to focus on like the coaching program and the results as to like why they're hopping into the program in the first place, um, I have found that if you just ignore or like walk on eggshells or tiptoe around certain things that need to be addressed, um, you might be able to like get some stuff done, but any sort of progress that you do make moving forward will eventually blow up yeah. and it's going to look bad on you. It's going to hurt and stunt the client's progress. And it's just going to get worse because it wasn't addressed in the first place. Yep. You know, it's, it's like, it's almost as if you're like blowing up a balloon. Um, and every, with every breath of air that goes into that balloon, that's every time that a problem goes unaddressed and you keep blowing and you keep blowing and eventually the balloon pops and it's yep. a big loud noise. It wakes up the kids. And all this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> and as an as a dad to a newborn, right now you're like, I do not want to wake up kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you is- know how important that is. <laughs> yeah, um, I want I want to go back for just a second. You mentioned that um, that resentment is one of the biggest reasons, and I just want to say that a lot of times with the couples that I've worked with, I've watched that resentment will oftentimes breed blame. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. somebody's resentful, they're going to be like, well, this is their issue. This isn't my issue, right? And then what happens when somebody's blaming someone else? If we believe that someone else has the responsibility for getting us into this mess, then we also believe that someone else has the responsibility for getting us out of this mess. And so it tends to set that dynamic up where it's like only one person is is the one who's responsible for change. And when we're dealing with couples, you guys, it's not just one person who's responsible for that change. It is the couple as one who is responsible for that change. So yeah, that's, that's just something, something else to keep in mind. That's something that I've come across too um, from time to time is especially like mm-hmm. if we're just starting coaching, you know, there might be a husband and wife and, you know, maybe it's like the wife's uh, student loans or spending habits or whatever. It could be the husband too, but I'm just going to run with the wife. Yeah, of course you are. Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, the husband will often be like, well, you know, this is her debt and, you know, we're in this situation because she just can't stop swiping the credit card. You know, and like mm-hmm. that right off the rip, I address that like very quickly. I'm just like, listen, we can't do this. We can't do the blame game. Like it's not productive. It's not healthy. Like you have to understand that like you guys are married. You're together in this. And this is not hers and mine. It's not mine and his. It is ours. Mm-hmm. And we are going to fix it. Um because, you, you know, they're a team and they have to be a team. Otherwise, they're not going to win the game. Yeah. Do you ever, I mean, you just said that you prescribe to them, like, we have to do this. Do you ever have them own that feeling of resentment? Like, do you ever have them say, I feel resentful out loud? Or have you not tried that yet? Um, I haven't. I don't think that I've like specifically asked them to say I am resentful, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, but I have done something along those lines. Um, So even just yesterday, um, there was a client that I had that, uh, you know, they're they're a couple and they currently have separate bank accounts. 
Um, and the wife really, really wants to get a joint bank account to make everything easier. She feels like, you know, she's kept out of the loop on things and, you know, she, she pays most of the bills, but he makes most of the income. So there's a lot of transferring and like stuff like that. And mm. she's like, I just, it just is a headache. And I just want to streamline the process. Yeah. And she's like, mm-hmm. I, I just want to feel like we're in this together. And the husband, um, you know, has some reservations about it because he's like, well, you know, I have my business and, you know, I don't want to like intermingle that with my marriage. And I also don't really trust her at this point. You know, they're newer clients. So like they're, they're kind of working through things right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, you know, I'm open to it, but I need to feel more comfortable with it right now. And, you know, I kind of talked them through it and I was like, listen, let's start with you, uh, the wife. And just, can you just explain how this whole situation makes you feel? Mm. So she opened up, she told it, you know, she told us both me and the, and the husband, how she was feeling and you know, what that all entailed. And then I like just listened and I had the husband listened and I looked at the husband and I said, so based off of what she said, not, not based off of what your opinion is on the situation, just on what she said, what are your thoughts and reactions that? And he kind of opened up and, uh, I found that he was actually more understanding than maybe I thought he would be. And mm. I, for sure, I know that the wife thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that the reason that this works, and I also did the, the other side too, you know, so I asked the husband to open up and tell how he feels. And I asked the wife, um, you know, what her reaction and thoughts were to that. Mm-hmm. And um, it actually worked out really well, because I think what happens is, is when you do something like that, it allows the person who's opening up to actually get things off their chest that maybe has been on their mind or maybe they've been too afraid to say. Um, but you know, when there's someone else present, they're a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, and it allows them to feel hurt. Mm -hmm. It allows them to feel understood and just be vulnerable a little bit. And at the same time, if the other person is actively listening to understand, not just listening to respond, but Mm -hmm. to listen, to understand, then that allows them to like, kind of take a step back and not just be like thrown around blame or trying to find out the solution, but to really understand what's going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. It's like a pause, you yep. know, both of them are just, you know, it's like rock'em, sock'em robots. And they're just like, bam, 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 red, 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 <laughs> blue. But when you take a second and you're just like, okay, let's get out of the ring and let's yeah. just talk it allows breath yeah. and a new, a new breath of fresh air. Um, and from there, you know, once we did that, we just talked about, okay, so now that we understand where everyone's at and how everyone's feeling, what can we do to get here? You know, is this something that we can do immediately? I don't think so, but maybe we can work towards that, you know, and like, what would be a time frame? that we can do and within that time frame, what would be needed on both ends for each of you to like feel comfortable. And like, this is something that you are not resentful to do, but instead excited 
because all of those steps leading up to that time frame have actually been delivered upon. Yeah, great stuff. To your point about pausing and and understanding, I'm going to just add one thing to your process if I could. <laughs> and that Absolutely. is that I think I think so many times the person we we think that we're having the person describe how they feel so that their partner can understand how they feel. And what I have found because I'm a lot older than you, what I have found in my interactions with other people is that a lot of times when we give that person pause and, and a spot to identify how they feel, it's actually them identifying for the first time how they actually feel. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't even know why we feel the way we feel. We don't even know what we're feeling, right? And that's one of the things that I wanted to bring up today, and this is just a good segue into it. Um, I'll talk about some prescription stuff, but one of the things I'm going to talk about is when we identify a feeling, a lot of times that feeling is anger. And if you're, if you say I'm feeling angry, then as a former counselor, I always encourage a person, you've got to use a different word. Not because that word's not a good word, not because you're not feeling angry, but because angry is oftentimes secondary to a primary emotion. And a lot of times that emotion is something like resentful, uh, frustrated, concerned, right? And if we can, if we can pinpoint that identify that particular emotion, that's going to be so much powerful, so much more powerful for the person listening to us than the idea of anger. Mm -hmm. So can you go a little bit deeper as to what you kind of mean? I I mean, I I have a hunch on what you mean, but what do you mean when you say like that it might be the person who's expressing themselves their first time actually like understanding themselves? Yeah, Yeah. I'll give you, I'll not only give you uh, some deeper understanding, I'll give you a really silly example from my own life. (laughs) This, this, I know it's, it is so silly. It is so, so silly. And, and like, people are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that really bothered you. But it was, it's, that's why I'm going to be transparent with you and let you know what I figured out about myself in that moment. So this is several years ago. I've been married almost 20 years now. Um, but so this was when we were planning our wedding and my husband and I, I chose a personal friend for my maid of honor. And she happened to be a mutual friend of my husband and I, cause we all went to school together. And so she was my maid of honor and we were, we got married in a church. And I remember we had one of those like arch things, you know, where you put like the really pretty flowers on an arch and we had, so we had decided we were going to do that. And we were at the church and we were just trying to figure out where we were going to place that arch during the actual ceremony. See how minute this feels right so far. It seems very, very trivial. Um, And I remember like it was yesterday that my maid of honor said, I think it should go here. And my, at the time, fiance said, yep, that's where it's going to go. I got so angry. I, I don't, I didn't know where it came from. I, I mean, I didn't say anything at the moment, but I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they just decided together where that was going to go. I mean, who's, who's actually getting married here. Right. And I mean, I let, I let that fester for probably four days, but not in a, not in a way where I was just like, I'm going to you know get back at him or anything. I was actually in grad school at the time and I was studying all this counseling stuff and I was studying this whole thing about like emotions and where they come from and, and how, how to identify them. And so for me at this point, it was just like, 
it was a challenge. Like I needed to figure out why that bothered me so much. And it was one day I was sitting in my apartment and it just hit me. And I was like, I felt secondary. It's not like I had this control issue. I didn't, I honestly, I would have put that, that damn thing right in that same place. It's exactly where I would have put it. So I wasn't mad about that. I certainly didn't have any worries about like him, quote, you know, liking her more than he liked me. It was nothing like that. So I'm like, why does this bother me so much? And it was because I felt like my opinion didn't matter at the moment. I felt unneeded. Right. And I was like, if, and, and then of course, because I'm crazy, I was like, if this little thing, if, if he's able to do that and not ask my opinion about this little thing, then how will he react later on in life? And this is the person that I'm pledging my entire life to, right? And so that's where my mind went was, well, what if he does this later on with something that's bigger? And I'm so glad that I came to that conclusion because then I was able to sit down with him and be like, hey, remember five days ago when I kind of seemed mad? <laughs> Here's mm -hmm. why. So I didn't just forget about it. I didn't just like, oh, now I know myself a little bit. I actually took the time to explain that to him and let him know why that bothered me so that if and when he did that later on, I would be able to say, hey, I'm, I'm really feeling like I'm not a part of this decision anymore. And that's not okay. I don't feel okay about that. And so I know that, again, that's very trivial. But do you see how just one little thing like that, like it was anger and I could have just sat in the anger and I could have said I was angry when you did that. But that doesn't give him any real information, <laughs> right? It just, it's like, okay, well, I'm not quite sure why you're angry. But when I was able to pinpoint the, the primary emotion behind that, that became like informative to him. And he knew next time he didn't ask my opinion about something that was important to me. I don't, I'm not a super controlling wife who like needs to have her opinion in everything. But for me, that was just a, a small indication of what the future could look like if I wasn't careful. Does that make sense? Totally. And uh, I think that you're like super wife over there. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. I know that there is a lot of people and this goes for husbands too, uh, that they do not take that second to like actually like dig a little bit deeper and figure out like why they're actually angry. They're just angry, you know? Yeah. And I think that that's where um, we as coaches can really help people in this space because most people don't do that. Most yeah. people don't take the second to actually ask themselves, like, why am I angry? You know, mm -hmm. and like try and actually understand themselves because they're just, you know, life is busy and they don't want to take this the second to pause about it. They just want to stew over it and they want to honestly just get get past it, you know? Yeah. So like some people bury it, some people don't address it at all. Um, and that just snowballs, you know? And yeah. um, that's oftentimes what I think some of the communication issues uh, kind of stem from is just like not addressing that. So yeah. if you as the coach are able to just make them take that pause, not, well, don't force them to take that pause, but, you know, encourage them to pause, mm -hmm. just like try and understand not only each other, but also themselves as individuals, that's really powerful. And that's something that can really like take your coaching experience and their coaching experience and turn it into something that could be, you know, decent. Mm -hmm. to something that could really like push them forward into being to the, where they want to be with their money and their relationship too. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, with just going back to my example, if, I mean, if I had said, you know, I was really annoyed by that, 
it would be very easy for him to be like just very dismissive of that. Like, okay, well, you know, you're easily annoyed. But when right. I was able to identify that I was actually hurt by it, and there was a reason that I was hurt by it, it, it really had nothing to do with that specific incident, but it had everything to do with what that incident may represent futuristically. He, he was marrying me. He didn't want to hurt me. Right. And so it, it's the same thing with a lot of the couples that are sitting in front of us. They might be like, oh, it's easy. She's easily annoyed. She's always feeling this way. Right. But they don't want to hurt each other. And if we can actually identify that that's the emotion we have, that's where the powerful re- interaction becomes, I think. I would totally agree. Yeah. So how do we if you don't if you don't say to them, you have to do this. Right. What are some of the ways that we can as coaches kind of give them the space to do some of this. Do you have any, it's okay if you don't, I, I do. <laughs> do you have any tricks or, or formulas or anything like that, that you've ever used or not yet? I don't have like a specific formula. Um, but you know, I kind of just roll with it and see mm-hmm. how things kind of un, unfold. Uh, unfold. Like yeah. the, that, that example I gave with you about the, the joint bank account couple, um, something that just kind of unfolded, you know? Um, And I love that about you, Cody. I think that's what makes you a really great coach is that you're able to identify those things and do some of these things without even thinking about it. Uh, I do believe there are probably some type A people who are listening to this podcast today and they're, they're taking notes. You're like, could you just tell me what the hell to do, please? Could you just give me an A plus B equals C (laughs) type of (laughs) equation? Um, And, and so I'm, I'm actually going to do that today, but I want to caution you. If you are that person taking notes and you're writing these things down, I do want you to know that this is just a framework of, of, um, things to look at and and talk about, because if you're only looking at this, it's going to feel very awkward and you'll see what I mean in a second. But I mean, I'm sure you guys have all heard about, you know, the, I feel statements and how those got really made fun of probably 20 years ago. Um, they are so, so powerful, but the reason they got made fun of is because they feel so clunky. And so the prescription I'm going to give you, the formula I'm going to provide is clunky. And I want you as a, as an intuitive coach to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to massage this a little bit to make it feel more natural and not so clunky. But what I'm going to do is give you the, the components that are necessary in order for it to be effective. So with that said, there are three major components in, in an I feel statement, and it's going to start with, I feel blank. Now the component that's super important there is you want to guess it, Cody? Oh, what would go in that blank? It's a very, very simple answer. Don't overthink this, Cody. You've got this. I feel upset. Well, not if that's not how you feel, buddy. <laughs> I know. I'm asking the question in a weird way. It's a, it's an emotion. Emotion, feeling, or word has to go there. That's all oh. that. That's yeah. That's all that needs to happen. Because you could be feeling really happy. You could be feeling joyful. You could be feeling all sorts of different emotions. They don't have to be some of these like upset, angry, downer emotions. But you do want to fill that space with an emotion. And our tendency as human beings who are not wanting to be very vulnerable, our tendency is to say, "I feel like." Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. And I that's feel not like an emotion. I say that all the time. 
<laughs> well played, buddy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's, I do it too. I think in fact, when I was, I think I caught myself doing that. If you, if you listen and rewind about five minutes back, I think I caught myself doing that when I was telling you about the story. I think I said, I feel, I felt like I was, you know, being put second or secondary or something like that. And so that is our tendency to do. And so if we can identify now, eventually I got to, I feel hurt right? It started with, I feel like I was put secondary and then it got to, I feel hurt. Um, and so that's part of this whole practice is you want, you don't expect them to identify that feeling right away, but when this is all said and done, that does need to be an emotion. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're just giving them a simile. I feel like a, you know, I got like a truck that got ran over or whatever. Um, it's not an actual emotion. The second piece of that component is that if that emotion is anger, we just alluded to this a few minutes ago. If that emotion is anger, it's most likely a secondary emotion. And I encourage you to help them peel back. What, what do you think it really is? Teach them about secondary versus primary emotion. Like as human beings, we oftentimes have the secondary emotion. It, it comes out as anger, but that's not really what's going on for us. A lot of so time that anger. Would you, would you literally ask them that? Like if they said like, you know, I feel like I have anger, you know, uh, mm -hmm. Would you ask them, like, what does that mean? Well, first I would reframe it and say, so you feel angry, mm -hmm. right? So we're taking the like out of there and right. we're feeding it back to them and showing them how to say what an actual emotion. And then I would just say, you know, as I, in my experience with working with couples and with human beings in general, I've noticed a pattern that a lot of times when we say we feel angry, anger is just a secondary emotion and there's something deeper going on for us. Some, some of those things could be resentment. They could be hurt. They could be uh, frustration. And you just, you can give them a few things to choose from. If you have a sense of what they're feeling, you could actually throw one or two of those words in there to let them choose from it. Don't, don't assign that word to them, but go ahead and provide it for them. Does that make sense? Yes. Because sometimes we don't have the vocabulary. We don't have the emotional vocabulary that we need sometimes in order to express ourselves. And so you, if you're sitting there and you're like, man, I can tell that they're really resentful. You can say, and sometimes anger means that we're hurt. It means we're resentful. It means that we're frustrated. And now you've just cushioned that one that you think is probably there in a couple others so that they can then choose that and say, yeah, you know, I, I think I am feeling pretty resentful. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, so that is one thing to, that, that's the first component. So I feel blank, which is the emotion when, and there's a blank here. It says you, where you fill in the blank when you something. So a lot of times we have this tendency to be like, you made me feel frustrated, right? Or you frustrate me. And it's like, Mm, that's kind of putting your emotions onto someone else and, and the responsibility for those emotions onto someone else. And that's not fair because we don't control how other people think or feel. We can only control how we think and feel, right? Yeah. However, yeah. we do recognize in behavioral psychology that there is a, I guess trigger is probably a good word. Something triggers a feeling in us. And if that person that we're with, that partner of ours does something that triggers this feeling, we can, it's okay to acknowledge that. In fact, it's nice to acknowledge that for them because if you don't and you just say, well, you know, I'm pissed. They're kind of left with, uh-huh. And what am I supposed to do about that? Or what role did I play in that? Right. And so if you say, I feel 
frustrated when you, you know, I don't know, I'll just use my example. When you asked a, a friend her opinion before you asked mine, because, by the way, that's the next component, because, and then you have to figure out why. Why is that? Why is that connection there? When they did this and it resulted in you feeling this way, why? What's the connection? So that way, the person who you're talking to understands that no matter what that middle section is, if it's if it's related to that last section, then they shouldn't do it. Otherwise, you're going to probably feel this way again. So, for example, with mine, my husband probably never would have had an opportunity to ask my maid of honor where the flower arch was going to go in the church ever again. Right. Like, why would he ever have that exact scenario come up? Mm-hmm. But because he knows that it, what it resulted in was me feeling like I was put second when I'm supposed to be the person who's his life partner. Now there are other things in life that he's going to, there's other choices he's going to make that may result in me feeling that way. And it might give him pause before he does those things. Yeah. It just makes him more aware. Yeah. You know, so to recap, cause I know we kind of went through those pretty quickly. The three components are, there has to be an emotion that you identify. There needs to be a, an action that precipitated that emotion and then somehow connecting why that was the result of that action. Mm-hmm. So you see how it can kind of feel clunky at first. If you're sitting in front of your spouse and you're like, well, give me an example. You give me an example. Shannon, I feel it can be oh, a made up one. Let's see. <laughs> we, we don't want to get you in trouble with Shannon. <laughs> this is, well, this is difficult because, you know, I have no complaints about my wife. Oh, uh, well, so. well said, honey. Well said. <laughs> I, I don't believe you for one second, but well said. <laughs> Just um, in case she listens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess, you know, one could be like, Shannon, I feel like nope. I feel hurt. I, or I mm-hmm. feel like I'm being hurt when you say that my TV shows are dumb. <laughs> because? Because I love them and, you know, that makes me feel sad. You make, it makes me feel like I'm dumb, you know, that might be something. And that's a true statement. Actually, she thinks that all, <laughs> she thinks that all my, my TV shows are dumb. So, <laughs> okay. So because, because it's something that you don't go to bed crying about, let's unpack it a little bit. Uh, you did mention, I feel like, right. So we would reframe <laughs> that to, I feel hurt when you, when you call my TV shows dumb. Because, and you can't, you, here's one thing that I would have you do differently. You said, because it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to go into circles with this conversation. So we're only going to use one feeling statement. You can, one trick that you can use is because it's as if. Because it's as if you're saying that I'm dumb. Mm. Okay. And then the next statement is, and if you really believe I'm dumb, that results in me feeling hurt, which is what you said. Right. Right. Okay. So next time she could, or if a coach is with you, you can be like, Hey Cody, what other things does Shannon do that result in you feeling dumb? Mm -hmm. You don't have to answer that. (laughs) 
Yeah. We know better. Well, we know better having, on this podcast. I'm having a hard time even thinking of this. To be That's honest. good. That's <laughs> actually good because she's such a good wife that she doesn't do a That's lot of right. things to make you That's feel right. dumb. Uh, <laughs> but you see what how that works? So now you're actually not honing in on the middle section of what that person did. You're actually honing in on the results of that so that you can say, what else does this individual do that results in you feeling hurt because you feel dumb or because it seems as though you're dumb, right? Mm -hmm. So it just gives you more to play with um, and, and more for that. It gives them more information, quite frankly. So that's one prescription is the I feel statement. Again, if you're listening today and you're taking notes on that, please massage it in a way where it actually doesn't feel so clunky. And when I work on this with my clients, I actually say, look, we're going to do this. We're going to have these three components and it's going to feel clunky. We're going to start with that. And the reason we're going to do that is because we just need to get into the habit. Like I'm teaching my kid to drive and I teach her, I want you to turn the directional on every time we turn somewhere. And she's like, but no one's behind me. And the directional is so that I can communicate to the person behind me so that I understand that. But I want this to become so second nature to you so that when you're looking to the right, you don't have to worry about your directional. Your mind will already tell you to do that. And so that's what this practice is doing. It's allowing us to be able to fill in an emotion second nature. Now we don't have to think about it anymore. Now we're going to be able to say, I feel frustrated and here's why, right? So it's just, it's practice and that's how we go about it with them. Um, I'm going to shift gears for a second and say, as coaches, another thing that we can do when we're talking to our clients and helping them through how to communicate well is be so aware of nonverbal cues. Yeah, big time. <laughs> we need to teach them how to be aware of those, but first we need to model those. And when, well, if we're going to model being aware of that, then we have to be aware of those nonverbal cues. What are some nonverbal cues that you've seen happen in some of your sessions? Um, so, I mean, just body language in general, like, you know, if someone says something that I think that the other person either doesn't agree with or is frustrated with or whatever, um, I'll oftentimes see them just like sit back a little bit, cross mm -hmm. their arms. Um, mm -hmm. maybe I'll see like their chest kind of raise a little bit and then lower cause they're breathing heavier. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, maybe some eye rolls or some you know, looking over to up and to the right, you know, that kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's just, there's just certain tells that you're like, Ooh, okay. And then usually when I see that, I'm like, so-and-so, what do you think about that? Mm -hmm. You know, because again, mm -hmm. I don't want to just glance over it, you mm -hmm. know, but those are some so of the do things you, for sure. Do you ever throw them under the bus? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What does that it's, look like? It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, because, because it throws them off their game. You yeah. know, and it, it allows them to, like, actually be present in the situation and, like, actually be truthful and, you know, mm -hmm. say what's actually on their mind. And, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I've found that even if it's a hard conversation to have, that it's better to have the conversation than to not uh, because, you know, you're going to be able to move through it easier regardless. You know, yeah. it might be it might be a little bit more difficult at first, but in the long run, it's going to be much easier. So what's one way you've thrown someone out of the bus? Just so that our listeners know we're not total jerks uh, when we say that we're having fun with it because you don't meet, you're not toying with your clients and I know you're not. Yeah. So someone might say something and I just be like, so let's just say that the guy's name's Eric or something, you know, mm -hmm. and I'll just be like, Eric, what do you think about that? How do you feel? Just simple like that. Mm -hmm. um, or even, uh, you know. It, so Eric says, fine. 
Eric says fine. I'm gonna I want to play this up so that our listeners can can picture this. Eric is sitting back with his arms crossed. His shoulders are up a little bit, like you just shown. So if you guys are watching this, you can see how he just displayed this. Um, but and, he, and he's rolling his eyes. And now you say, Eric, how are you feeling about this? And Eric responds very quickly with a short answer of fine. I feel fine. How do mm-hmm. you res- how do you play with that? I'd be like, uh, really? Can you can you go a little bit deeper on that? Okay. So, and that's there's there's nothing wrong with what you do. One thing I would encourage others to do is to if we're going to model this and we're going to let people learn from what we're seeing, then we have to be able to point it out to them. So if Eric says, fine, I might say something like, so you're telling me that you're fine with your words, your eyes and your shoulders and your arms are telling me something different. Yep. What are they telling me? Yeah. Right. So you actually would say the same thing, but I would allow them to say it first. And then I would come back and be like, okay, cool. So, because the reason I asked you to dig deeper or dig deeper on that is because of what I noticed. Mm. Right. So that's my fault for interrupting your thought. I apologize. Oh, uh, that's so, it. Yeah. I, I think that, <laughs> I think that that is so important because if it's one thing, it's one thing if we just quote toy with them and be like, so tell me what you think about that. You know, I don't really believe you. Then that is just a jerkish thing to do. Right. But mm-hmm. if you're going back and you're saying, here's why I asked you, or here's what I'm seeing, here's what I'm hearing, and here's what I'm seeing you say, that models for them how they can talk to their partner as well. You know, maybe Eric's wife does a lot of the eye rolling and the arms crossing and whatever, and he says, how are you doing? You know, what's wrong? She's nothing. I'm fine. He can then pull from your vocabulary and say, you know, I hear you saying that you're fine, but I see you saying this, (laughs) right? So you're actually giving them the vocabulary and the script that maybe they don't even realize you're doing that, but that's ultimately what you're doing. So kudos to you. Yeah. I love that. Um, And then the last thing that I would say is that um, as a coach, it's going to be very important for you to be aware of certain patterns and things that trigger each other. So that you can then do exactly what we just did now. Um, so like I have a couple who when things like it things get they're fine. He's a bit of a fast talker. And a fast talker, I don't mean like a slimy salesperson. I mean like a little bit dismissive. Like I'm just not gonna Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get it, I get it, right? It just mm-hmm. talks fast through it so that we don't really have to address it. But when something's really here by here for those of you who are just listening like it hits him in the heart he has this very t- strong tendency to just get up and walk away mm-hmm. and so every time he gets up and walks away i can make a mental note of what was that thing right before that what triggered that i'm not able to even touch this right now i'm not even going to talk fast through it i'm actually going to get up and walk away what was that trigger so then i can kind of keep note of that and help them later on to communicate that. And it's also going to be a really good way for them to see their progress if he's able to, later on down the road, talk about some of those things that normally would have triggered him to walk away and he's no longer walking away. Now I can use that to encourage and empower him. Say, hey, you know, you used to not be able to sit through some of this and now you are. Look at how much progress you've made. Yeah. Yeah, big time. So... Those are the things that I do with my clients mixed in with some of the things that you do with your clients. Do you feel like we have adequately addressed Tim's question? 
I do. Um, and I just want to say that this podcast is presented by New Marriage Habits. <laughs> I'm sure that the New Money Habits team will be thrilled to hear that we just did that. <laughs> um, but no, no but I mean, I, I did. And um, Tim actually, Tim was actually connected uh, with me through our Facebook group too. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'll just throw that out there. Um, you know, we do have a, a free Facebook group for anyone who wants to join. Um, it's called New Money Habits Financial Coaches. Um, and it's a growing and amazing network of coaches who are all just super big givers. Like, you know, they just give, 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 give. Um, and it, that's honestly why I love being a part of that space. So if you want to hop in and join that, you're more than welcome to, and we'd be happy to have you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate that Tim was willing to ask a question that didn't really revolve around money because Mm -hmm. I think so many times coaches forget that they don't really forget, but they're they're hesitant to ask questions like this because it's not prescriptive in terms of a plan for money. You know, do they declare bankruptcy? Do they not? That kind of thing. And, and so I I really just want to say, Tim, thank you for doing, being willing to do this because communication is so connected to money. You cannot have one without the other. It just, in fact, the way that we spend and save, it it is a way of communicating. So I just am really grateful that not only did you ask the question, but Cody, that you brought it to our attention and that we're able to share that with our listeners today. So thank Mm -hmm. you. No problem. Well, Maria, I had a great time talking about marriage. Uh, Maybe I'll talk to my wife about my dumb shows sometime. Um, <laughs> Test it out, buddy. See how it works. <laughs> let, let me know how you smooth that over and massage it to make it not so clunky. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, and then I'd love to just have her go, what, what, where, why, what are you talking about? It would be fun right. to hear that response. So, all right. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in today. You guys, we'll see you next week. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast. Brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like-minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.